you're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with Rob Wellner, Senior VP of Sales at Velocity Global. How are you, Rob, today? I'm doing great, Aurélien. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you very much. So the topic of today's episode is really around the tips for companies to remember when expanding globally, which is quite a, a wide and interesting subject. But before we go into that conversation, could you please introduce yourself a little bit more, Rob, as well as tell us about what Velocity Global is as a company? Absolutely. My name is Rob Wellner. I'm the the Senior Vice President of Sales at Velocity Global. I oversee our global direct sales, strategic partnerships, and marketing teams here at the organization. And Velocity Global is a professional employer organization focused on international expansion. So our mission and primary purpose is to expand our clients' capabilities internationally and allow those companies to seize business opportunities and growth initiatives outside of their geographic footprint today. Again, I mentioned we're a professional services firm, and we help organizations with the compliance employment of employees in 187 countries. Impressive. So as you know, Rob, from from the conversation we had in in preparation to, to this episode, we at Operatics work with a lot of technology companies. A lot of those companies receive investments, and as part of that investment, their objective is to expand geographically, going into new territory, creating new revenue stream in those territories. Obviously, they need to do it quickly because the, the, the VCs probably want that to happen quickly and, uh, and, uh, and effectively. But obviously, expanding internationally comes with challenges. So my first question to you is really around what are these elements? What are the elements that a company should consider when they start planning their global expansion or planning even not just a global, but planning an expansion in a new territory? Thank you for that question. First and foremost, like Operatics, who is supporting you know, high growth technology companies, Velocity Global actually supports, I'd say, 65 to 75% of our clients come from the, the technology space. Um, and then the life sciences and biotech, and that's strictly because, or not strictly, but a byproduct of that of those types of industries are growing at a fast pace, and they need to take advantage of markets both in the country that they operate and globally, right? And there are tons of um, considerations to assess when going internationally, specifically after you've raised capital from some institutional investors who are earmarking specific funds towards that expansion. I think uh, to take a step back, it's really, you know, might be critical to highlight the advantages and benefits of expanding internationally. There's, there's a lot to consider, again, and there are a lot of benefits. But if we're talking to, to companies today, and we, we do this often, there are really like three to four key points that they tend to focus on. The first and foremost is the ability to, to access new talent pools. So here in the U.S., Unemployment is at historically low rates, and yeah. we're seeing you know similar low in unemployment rates globally. So the ability to actually go out into the market outside of where a company has a legal jurisdiction footprint today and find top talent has been a critical driver of the business. 
Okay. Another case would be to, to go in and, and, and capture new revenue in a market, right? So again, a company or a technology company raises a series of capital. Again, those investors not only want to build the infrastructure up, but they want to expand the revenue and diversify that revenue outside of their, you know, again, geographic footprint today. And so they are allowed to capitalize by looking at that. Mm-hmm. So those are like the highlights, right? When you're, when you're looking at challenges to that is you want to first be able to, to test the new market, right? So status quo previously had been for organizations to either set up an entity, whether they had one employee or 10,000 in a country, or on the flip side, they would actually go out and, and employ contractors, right? Which globally is typically called a misclassified employee if they're only focused on serving one client. So that would be the, the first four. So the challenge is, is getting into test a new market, hiring immediately where you don't have a company set up globally becomes a very big challenge, intellectual property protection, and then an employee retention. Okay. So, so those well, are the considerations, I think, in addition to, to looking at some key focal points of why. Absolutely. Very interested about the, the first point that you mentioned, or the, one of the first triggers, which is finding top talents. We, we seem to see a shortage, particularly on the development side for our clients, because again, you know, I, I kind of drove my question to you towards the VCs are giving you money and they want their money back or they want your revenue to increase. So go and find that new revenue stream in new territory. But I kind of completely forgot and then you, you, you brought it, and, and thank you for bringing that back up into, into the conversation, that actually unemployment law, unemployment rates, sorry, and finding top talent is also another trigger. Do you have examples or one example of a client that you've seen potentially struggling for identifying those top talents in, in a specific geography, expanding successfully in another geography and also doing it quickly, but most importantly, yeah, being successful in finding new talents in a new territory and, and achieve that goal that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's a good an anecdotal story is we we support, again, uh, several unicorns, you know, technology unicorn companies. So when we first supported this one organization, they're actually headquartered here in the United States. They they had reached out to Velocity Global looking for a solution to to tap into the Asian market and specifically into Tokyo where they, they had identified a, a top engineer and they, they wanted to hire that person immediately. They, however, they couldn't, right? They didn't have a, a subsidiary or a company set up in Japan. So they came to us and said, we have this, we've identified this person. We want to hire this person today because the competition is circling and is interested in the same candidate. However, we don't have the capability to do that. Can you help us? And so we were actually able to, there was a local national in Tokyo. We were able to hire that person within five business days on the behalf of our client, right? That was the first case study to use with this, with this one company. Since then, this company has grown to a unicorn times 20, and we have supported upwards of 100 employees for them as a strategic deployment on the behalf of them, right? So they recognize the solution they then also were able to, after much conversations with their executives, see how we could be a strategic play for them as they start to expand globally. So okay. the next country that they thought about using us was in Europe. 
where they wanted to onboard eight engineers, mid-level engineers to hire mid-level engineers, and then scale up as quickly as they could to around 20. We were able to help them accomplish that and then transition those employees off of our solution into their own corporate entity in that country, right? So that's another case study specifically for another region, but they've done this globally, right? They do it for top technology engineers. They also look at us as an opportunity to get into a new market today and start to capture that revenue so their investors can recognize a return on the investment faster. That's an impressive story, Rob. Thank you very much for, for sharing that with us. Well, as you know, or as you can hear, I'm French. Okay, so uh, in France, we are known for lots of things, including wine, cheese, and all that. But we're also known for complexifying a lot of things, such as setting up a business, setting up an entity, creating an entity in France, which I've done once, was extremely painful. I've had the the opportunity to do it in England, where where it's much easier, but in France, it it was relatively painful. The other thing that is relatively painful in France is employment law. So, and also... Well, I'm not too sure to, and it would be good if you can tell us a little bit more about where your responsibility stop in terms of entity setup, in terms of employment law and all that. So, so just coming back to the question. So the, the when expanding, obviously there is issues, as I just mentioned, regarding France around employment law, setting up the entity and all that sort of things. Can you please share with our audience the importance of, of these elements that are often overlooked? Sure. I, I think, yeah, I think the question is like, you, you've got a lot of considerations from the legal and compliance issues. Right. You brought up France, right? Like France, as you know, right, being French is extremely friendly to the employees and yeah. it's very prohibitive to employers, right? They want to make it challenging if you don't already have an operation set up. Yeah. So in our experience, what we've seen over the years is like companies over often overlook a few things, right? And there's, I, I'd say five critical thing, you know, critical elements. There may be more, but there probably be a lot more. But I mean, if I'm thinking about what we see universally around our client base is one is the language barriers and cultural differences they don't often take into account, right? So just speaking about French, right? There's language, there's cultural differences. You like your wine and cheese. In England, they like their beer and crackers, right? So, you know, they've got some of those differences. There's also, you know, the looking at it and setting up an entity, right, which theoretically across the globe to get a tax ID is relatively easy. It is cost prohibitive. It can be very time consuming, but to just have the tax identification number is perceived as not that complex, which I would tend to agree. However, in order to have those entities up and operational, you need to take into account bank account, you know, bank accounts, you need to take into consideration having resident directors in those countries. You need to take into consideration having human resources, individuals that have a working knowledge of the employment laws, right? In France, as you mentioned, which is extremely challenging to terminate. Yeah. Um, I also, what also comes to mind is Brazil, right? So Brazil, again, is not uniquely, but specifically geared towards defending or helping to defend their employee base. So they have a very high cost of doing business. And what I mean by that is you have to take into consideration social systems in each country. If you're looking at employing in in the UK, social contributions might cost the company around 15%. When you go to France, you're talking in the low to mid 40s. And then when you go to Brazil, you're talking upwards of 70% just to get into the social system. 
There are also the employment contracts in each country, right? In each country, they have their own unique challenges or statutory required language that must be in there. Companies don't often consider that because they want to be able to utilize the employment contracts that they have in their home country. And that's not always doable, right? What we're able to do is use like a customizable solution that captures both the statutory language and, you know, affords organizations to still protect their intellectual property and data collection when you're talking about technology companies. And then finally, I think, you know, another item that is often overlooked is, are there supplemental benefits to complement the state health systems or pension systems? And that's often something that employers will lose employees to because they haven't taken that into consideration if they don't already have a company set up there. That's great. So again, it's leading me to, to the next question. So uh, when you take all that into consideration and, and from your personal experience, and I'm probably asking you for an opinion here, so it may not be everyone's opinion, but for, for, from your perspective, having you know, been a professional in that, in, that, uh, in that field of expanding internationally for a little while, which region from your perspective is the toughest to expand into and, and why? There's two regions actually that come to mind, right? And, and they're, people often think Europe, which is everywhere is tough, right? But I think um, if I'm thinking about two regions that are extremely difficult, it's Africa, the African region, and Latin America. And there's really three reasons why, right? If um, you have a lot of bureaucracy in both of those regions, you do everywhere, but the bureaucracy tends to slow things down significantly, right? So if you're actually going to set up your own company in LATAM or Africa, it's going to take a considerable amount of time. It's going to take a considerable amount of uh, executive team interaction, not only with the people on the ground, but they're probably going to have to get on an airplane and get into those countries to make sure that that entity, if they're going that route, is set up. And there's around that bureaucracy, there's also so much uncertainty when I think of Africa, right? So in Africa, we often see in the political landscape change on a dime. And what that means is there might be change in labor laws from different administrations. There, you know, the, the certainty level really gets volatile. Cost, and what I mean by cost is, again, I, I alluded to it in the previous question, it's the social security system. Latin America is notoriously high. You know, it's, it starts anywhere in, in, in the teens, but it quickly accelerates up into the 70s, right, when you're thinking about Argentina and Brazil. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then in Africa, those social systems, the cost is lower again, but we're dealing with the bureaucracy and the uncertainty. And then in, in both of those regions, you have significant diversity in culture, right? You know, the culture in Brazil is significantly different than the culture in Argentina, which is significantly different than the culture in Colombia. Yeah. When you go to yeah. Africa, the countries are even more diverse than they are in, in LATAM. And that, those are considerations that are quickly, you know, overlooked and, and cause those, not problems, but challenges, right? And so what we're kind of able to afford organizations is the ability to overcome those because we've got the expertise in those regions and we're allowing them to, to enter those markets on a very light footprint, akin to like what, what we're out there doing is we're allowing organizations to leverage our operational capabilities and get into regions. So we give them not only the knowledge and expertise, but the platform to, to go out and operate in those regions technically. Yeah, no, that's, um, that, makes, that makes perfect sense. 
Well, Rob, thank you very much for your insight today. I think you've been a, definitely a very interesting conversation from my perspective. So we always ask a question to, to all our guests, which is, you know, if any of our audience wanted to connect with you, to discuss with yourself, Rob, or, or, or even to discuss about Velocity Global and how Velocity Global could support them to, to expand internationally, what is the best way to get in touch with you, Rob? Sure, they can. The best way would be to reach out to me via email, I believe, which is Rob, R-O-B, Wellner, W-E-L-L-N is in Nancy, E-R, at VelocityGlobal.com. Great. Many thanks once again, Rob. Uh, it was great having you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I, I really enjoyed our conversation. And, you know, I hope that your audience can find some nuggets of wisdom in there uh, as they look to seize or capture new markets globally. I'm sure they will. Thank you again. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.